I've seen posts up that say things like, well, you should have had an emergency fund. Well, you should have had this in place. Oh, you know, you should have been doing this. I think that's a horrible way of looking at it. And actually, it's not about beating yourself up when things go wrong. Hey guys, Dr. Viv here and welcome again on Reset with Dr. Viv. Today I have got Nikki Ramskill, Dr. Nikki Ramskill in the house. Woo! <laughs> Nikki is a UK-based GP turned money coach, money coach, um, with a wealth of experience when it comes to making money and the mistakes that we sometimes make around money and she's on a mission to help others improve their health and not to improve their wealth and today we're going to be talking about money and making money and dealing with some of the death situations that many people have found themselves in even right now through the pandemic but before we get into that guys if you're not already subscribed to the youtube channel if you're not already subscribed to the podcast hello like what's going on <laughs> All links are in description. Subscribe now. Um, if you're not already following me on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, all links are in description. I look forward to connecting with you as well. Right. Hi, Dr. Nikki. How are you doing? Oh, thank you, Dr. Viv. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> it's, a, it's often nice to be able to say that. <laughs> Do you know what? For ages, though, I was really embarrassed to like use the doctor bit of my name. How weird is that? Like, I became a doctor, and it was like, <gasps> I don't want to use it because people think I'm pretentious. It was really weird for ages. It really, I really struggled with that. Yeah, and you know, it's so nice to hear that it's not just me that went through that as well. Because mm -hmm. I, you've got you're a medical doctor. I'm a PhD. I want to. I have to clarify to people that you know, hello, I'm a doctor of book. Don't come to me for you know, for, to me for medication or prescription, <laughs> you know, but it took a while for me to add the doctor to the, to my name. And I realized again, it was a mindset thing because what we found is that a lot of people, you know, who even just had honorary degrees and much respect to them were quick to put it, but it always felt like those of us who had worked for it seemed to feel like we didn't deserve it. And we're not putting, mm. you know, and it took me a while. And I had friends say, no, Vivian, change it, change it. I had, you know, I remember one of my bank friends said, we are going to change your bank card. I'm at the doctor. They were doing it, not even me. And over time, I've had to get to that point of realizing you worked for it. Like, why are you shy of putting it? So to hear you as a medical doctor as well, say that you, you know, you, you shied away from that. It's, it's, a, it's really, really interesting um that many of us who have done the work for it almost forget that we deserve to have it before our names yeah absolutely completely and 100 percent deserve it so yeah but it is weird isn't it how you, your mindset changes over time and the more you work on your own self-esteem and and that's that side of things that's when it's okay to use it but yeah. it, it takes the work you've got to do the work first haven't you to to sort of step into that persona that you you don't feel ready for yet 
Yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah. But, but it's off. And sometimes we've got to, I guess, you know, it's it's even forgetting just the doctor thing. It's just our sense of of, of self and sense sense of worth and knowing that you deserve the good things. You, we don't always have to suffer <laughs> or feel like we have walked 20 hours or, you know, or, or killed ourselves or something before we think that we, you know, we deserve, we deserve some things in life. It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's, it's so important. Um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, sorry, go ahead. It's fine. I was going to say it's very similar to money as well, but we're going to get onto that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no worries. So, so Nikki, you are a GP, a UK GP, a UK based GP turned money coach. That is not, I don't hear that often. So tell me more about that. How did that, how did that happen? <laughs> that there's a lot of doctors in America that are blogging and podcasting about money. There's some that have written books. Some have even sent me copies of their books. So I've had a chance to read them. I've been on some of their podcast episodes before. Um, so it's a thing in America. But they're writing for other doctors generally. They're not writing for your average person that isn't a doctor. Whereas for me, when I started doing work on my own money problems, mm -hmm. that's when I opened my eyes to the problems that my patients had and my colleagues had. And you, if you listen for it and you ask the right questions, you find it. So a lot of health problems come from this stress around money so my stuff is all around helping women particularly because my background is in women's health so it was only natural that I would also help women in their their um their wealth and for me it's about helping women to be able to utilize what they've got to build wealth for themselves to then teach their kids you know be able to spend money in the way they want to spend it invest it in the way they want to invest it and potentially then change the world with you know some business idea or you know it doesn't matter how big or how small the idea is but you need money to do it so my thing is about helping to change the world with women and their money so they can do wow. it wow wow and this all started with you recognizing your own money issues as a doctor massively i mean i when I got to the age of 30, um, I had one of those like early midlife crises or late quarter life crisis, however you want to call it. <laughs> and that's was, was when I, I realized that actually I needed to sort my money out. Like I was in loads of debt, but that wasn't just my medical training. I mean, I was in 50,000 pounds worth of debt outside of medical school. And that was just through training. It's even worse now. It's like more than double now. But at the time, that was a huge amount of money, um, plus all of my bad spending habits throughout medical school. You know, I was overspending all the time. I was based in London, so London's expensive anyway. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just, it, you know, rents, um, going out, you know, spending time with your friends, all of these things doesn't work on a student's salary. You know, and the salary is usually just a loan that you get or maybe a part time job or something like that. So I got myself into a lot of debt because I hadn't been taught how to manage credit. I was just given credit at the age of 18 with my student account. Like, Here you go. Here's a credit card. Well, what do I need that for? Well, just in case you need to buy things. Oh, OK. So for me, it was like, oh, free money. But it's not free money. It's money you've got to pay back. And that's where the where it started. And then, you know, 
you start with one credit card and then you get a letter in the post that says, oh, you're in, you can have this much credit now if you want to. So it goes up a little bit more and you spend a little bit more. And if you're not paying it off, like you quickly get yourself into problems. So that's, for me, that's where it all started. Um, plus the whole FOMO thing, like fear of missing out, really wanting to go out and do things, do the traveling, like, of course, I was becoming a doctor, you know, so of course that I have to do stuff like that. When doctor salaries actually aren't that good, like just to, just to say to people that when you first start training as a doctor, you don't get paid through medical school. But then when you get to the other side, your first job is like 22, 23, 24,000 pounds, something like that. Mm. It's not that much. And it's certainly not that much enough to go on holiday every single year, like on all different fancy things and buy different fancy things. And yeah, it just, it was a mindset thing. So mm. I thought that because I was a doctor, I should be doing these things because it means that I'm successful. So... Mm. I had to do a lot of unpicking around that. And that's when I hit 30, that's when I thought, no, enough's enough. I've just got to change it now. Wow. And you know, it's so interesting you say that because for example, in the UK, we're both in the UK, right? And I, I, I'm not sure. I think it's the same in America. I'm not sure. In many parts of the world, they don't necessarily have a credit, um, a credit community or credits money culture. But here in the UK, they do. Everyone wants to have, be on a credit card and you think, oh, I've got a credit card, so I've got money, but it's not really your money. It's not really your money. And, you know, you, 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 know, you find people going to debt because I've got a credit card, I can go spend, but it's not really your money. You know, so it's really, really interesting to, you know, to, 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 to hear what you just said there. What was the one thing you felt like you, you were spending on that you eventually realized that you did not really need? Oh, I, I would say it was probably clothes and shoes and things like that. It's the girl thing. It's the girl thing. It's the, I want to, I want to look the part. I want to be the part. I want to be like everybody else. Mm -hmm. um, and there was one... I mean, for me, I do a lot of emotional or did do a lot of emotional spending. And when I, I passed my obstetrics and gynecology exams, which were really, really difficult exams. And I was so pleased with myself that I'd done it. And I went and bought myself a pair of Christina Bouton shoes. You know, the ones with the red sole underneath it, underneath the bottom, the no, really gorgeous, sexy ones. Oh, but they, oh my God. Like, so I'm still thinking about them now going, oh my God, they're amazing. Um, I bought those on credit without having the plan to pay them off to save the money for them and they're 700 pounds for one pair wow so i kind yeah i kind of tricked myself into believing that i was investing in them because i'd picked a black pair that means they go with everything you know i'll, I'll wear them all the time and and you kind of like tell yourself you're going to use them mm -hmm. and you deserve it. And it's like, oh yeah, of course I deserve it. I've just done this big exam. Of course, you know, I, I deserve to do this. I'm, I'm a doctor. I'm, I'm successful. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'd say it's the clothes and shoes for me, but also traveling. Like I can't resist going on holiday now I can, but at the time I wanted to do everything, go everywhere mm -hmm. and said yes to everything. So yeah, wow. my things. Wow. So it was just, as you said, it was a sense of entitlement and uh, uh, let's say a feeling or a sign of, of success for you to have those things. Um, yes. when indeed you were just doing that off the credit card and not, um, 
thinking. And it's really interesting because for a lot of young people, I'm hoping that young people to get to listen to this as well. Um, when mapping out what is what is useful or what isn't and you know i'll be honest with you i don't know about you nikki but this lockdown i can count how many clothes i have worn and repeated and not surprisingly <laughs> surprise myself by realizing that i didn't need to buy a lot of the clothes that i wanted yeah yeah you know, even with um how do i call it now um food you know how that sort of thing where you go into the shop and one of those people, you go into the shop and I'm going to, I say, I'm going to buy one bottle of water and I come up with a trolley load, <laughs> spending maybe 10 times more than I had planned to spend. You know, yep. and this lockdown, I surprised myself. I think we said we're going to shop once a month. I surprised myself. We went to the shops once and, you know, even when things finished in the house, we found ourselves asking a question ourselves, what else is there that we haven't used? We don't need to go out. What else? So somehow, rather than thinking we had an, you know, thinking, oh, there's so much more we can just go keep buying. We're not thinking what is there that we haven't, mm. you know, haven't used, you know? So it's, it's, it's really, really interesting, but okay. 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 <laughs> so you, you found out, you realized the money situation that you were in. What, like, what was the point? that you realized that and what was the first thing that you did to deal with it? So the, the first thing I, well, the, the moment I realized was when I was away traveling. So I'd actually taken some time out of my obstetrics and gynecology training because I was burnt out. I couldn't, couldn't cope with the job anymore. If you've read, there's a book um, by a guy called Adam. Adam Kay um, is an ex obstetrics and gynecology doctor, the same as me. And that book explains perfectly why I decided to leave that profession. So when I decided to leave it, I took time out. I literally took time well out of medicine. I went traveling. Um, that gave me time to think. And that's when I realized how bad things had got. Because I'd gone traveling, again, using savings, but also using credit. Mm. And it... it, it, it yeah, it, it frightened me. There was a point where I thought, am I going to be able to come home and still pay my mortgage? Am I going to be able to come home and still get my bills sorted, get my car back on the roads? You know, all these things were, were worrying me, which kind of tarnished the traveling a little bit. But I'd never I'd never say I regret it because I, I loved it. It was an amazing thing to do. But the first when I was away, the first book I read was the Robert Kiyosaki uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad book. Um, so if you've never read it before, if no one's ever read it before, definitely give it a read. I mean, he's he's been a bit uh some of the comments he makes in his personal life on things like twitter and stuff like that just ignore it read the book for the for the for the essence for the, essence, for the thing that it's trying to yeah not not because of him like the, he says some stupid things so like he's he loves donald trump and stuff like that and so i i ignore that bit I and that. i just read yeah and that was the first time that i re realized that investing was important getting out of debt was another way of building your net worth building your your bottom line so to speak so you're not negative anymore you're getting to a point where you're starting to support yourself with money as opposed to constantly having to work all the time to pay off the things that you're buying and it switched my way of thinking from putting everything on credit to 
hang on a second, what am I doing with this? You know, I should be having emergency fund savings. I should have money set aside for holidays so I don't have to keep using credit cards. And it just, it just got me to think in a different way. Mm. And then from there, I just kind of started reading loads of personal development books on money, people's blogs, podcasts, things like that. And at that point, that's when I thought, okay, now I need to get out of debt. And I learned something called the snow, the debt snowball method. Um, and that was from a woman called Anne Wilson. Um, and she's got a book as well called the wealth chef. And I read this book and it completely, it was just like, where well, uh, my eyes were open after that. Um, and I, I learned how to get out of debt through using this snowball method. Right. I'm not completely out of debt yet. I'm nearly there, but I have paid off so much money. I mean, when I first started, my net worth was like minus 60,000 or something like that. My net worth is now 250,000. So it's, it's massively changed in five years. And that's just from paying off debt, understanding my numbers, starting to invest all those things. And it was, it was from these books. Wow. Changing my thinking. Wow. 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 We all need money, right? We all, you know, we all need a sense. We all want to feel like a sense of security and, and all that. But when you, I guess on that, what, when would you say enough is enough? Or when do you, when should one feel like they have enough money? And and the reason why I'm asking that is obviously health is wealth as well. And a lot of times, we are chasing money, chasing the good things of life. Where do you, where does one start with it? It's a really good question. Cause I, I teach people um, something called the sacred money archetypes and there are eight of them. And there are the three that will have the biggest influence on your life. For some of some people, their archetype is a pusher. So it's constantly pushing you to do more. You haven't got enough, do more, do more. There are others that they're not so bothered. So everyone's going to be different on this. But I think culturally, we've been taught this idea that you should have a house, a car, you know, some stuff for your kids, especially if you're in you know, the doctor profession um, or any of the kind of other professionals. They seem to think that you have to send your children to private school. And that's because their friends are all doing it. And not really thinking no is that the right thing for my child you know what what am i gaining from that so i think if we're copying other people it might seem like we need to have a lot of money yes if you want to have like a sports car and your private jet and a personal chef and all that stuff fine you're going to have to be a multi-millionaire let's face that for most people you don't need money and actually what you want is you want that comfort in retirement you want to be able to go on holidays. You want to be able to look after your grandkids. You want to have that ease when you're retired. So for me, it's about what do you truly want? Like deep down, is it the fast cars and the first class holidays and all that stuff? Or actually, is it just like a countryside cottage in the middle of nowhere with maybe, you know, some goats and a chicken or something, you know, it's like, there might be, it might be something like that. Something really simple that really lights you up. Mm-hmm. So. I think to know when it's enough, I think you have to know yourself and you have to really dig deep into who you are. So no, I guess that it's, it's that whole thing around com, comparatives, comparison. 
and not yeah, yeah, yeah. yourself against what other people think, but against your own yep. values and your own measures. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. really, really, Absolutely. really good. And actually, it, it's so helpful if you don't have one of these sort of ideal lifestyles of wanting to be first class flying around the world and stuff, because that's putting more pressure on yourself to get that money. And when you don't achieve it, you're, you, you can see yourself as a failure. But actually, if you have more simple um, ideas about what it is that you want, I mean, we don't all need, we don't need all of that stuff, do we? We need a dry place to live. We need, you know, probably the internet, making sure our family are okay, making sure we've got enough food, maybe the odd holiday once a year or something. That's, that really is what we all need. But it's when we start thinking we need more to feel happy, that's when we're pushing, pushing, pushing all the time. So, yeah. What makes you happy? Yeah. Exactly. What makes what you makes happy? happy? Yeah. What, what makes you happy may be different from what makes me happy or what makes them happy. But ultimately, yeah. what is making you happy? Is it what you really want or what someone else is telling you you should be happy by? Pretty much what you're saying. That's it. That's it. Pretty much sums it up. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. 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 Wow, that's really, I'm, I'm going to come back on that, especially in the times that we are now. So with you, like, you know, you've had a traumatic breakup, you know, you've lost things, you've had burnout, you know, you've, you know, you've had to take time off work. That's sometimes not easy to even get to that point and say, um, you know what, I know I've got this job and it sounds great, it looks great to the world, but I just need to take a break. I need to step away from it all. How did you bring yourself to that point? And what did you learn from it? Yeah, all the, I, the things that you've gone through. It was, it was something that had been building for a while. And I think I'd noticed it from maybe the second year that I was in my, my obstetrics training. And everyone around me just said, oh, it's just because you're a second year. It's fine. You'll be all right when you get to third year. It'll be fine. You'll become more senior. You get to make more decisions. So I held on. Okay, I'll wait till I get to my third year. But the problem just then got worse. And I was ignoring it, but I felt I could feel this. This is not right for you. This is not right for you. And I kept fantasizing about I could leave medicine. I could do something else. I could go traveling. I could do that. You know, I, I was thinking about leaving, like escaping all the time. Mm -hmm. And then when I got to my fourth year, I started having panic attacks. I started having like these episodes on labor ward where I couldn't... Um, I couldn't swallow so I'd, wow. it would all get um I literally would be sitting there trying to fight back the tears you know when you get a lump in your throat when you're trying to not cry that's that's how I would feel almost all the time on labor ward when I when I actually took the courage to talk to my trainers about it so when I finally admitted there was a problem that's when everything changed so that's when they offered me time out um and that gave me the space to then think and breathe and decide what it is I wanted to do and that's that's when I realized that I was going to going in this direction that didn't align with who I was it didn't fit what I wanted I wanted this lifestyle of being able to pick and choose how I worked when I worked what I did and I was going into hospital medicine where you don't get to choose any of that you don't get told you know oh you can have that day off if you want to no you have to work that day you, you have no choice. So that's when I decided to go into general practice because then you've got more control. 
And that's what lights me up. It's the freedom to be able to choose when I work, what I do. Like being able to talk to you right now mm. is not something I would have been able to do if I was still in hospital. So it's, th it's things like that. Wow. And, and I know that this is what lights me up because it makes me happy. So, yeah. Wow. So more so, or less like understanding your values and understanding yourself. Wow, because and, and so, so there are a lot of people, and I'm guessing a lot of also a lot of people have been in this situation where they're doing things that um, they don't like. People are getting burnt out. You know, they're in jobs that they hate. Um, if you had the opportunity with a room full of them, what will you say to those people? Well, I mean. I'm very aware of the fact that I I'm in a job that can translate really easily into different countries, different specialties, different parts of the, you know, it's easier for me, but I still had to make that decision. You know, anyone can do it. Lots of people I know, I know one woman who was, she was 50 when she got into medical school. She'd been trying to get into medical school for about 25 years on and off trying on and off trying and then eventually got there at 50 like she could have given up after like attempt one or two but she kept going until she got in so it's it's a different way of thinking it's like okay if you're if you're fed up with something fine but actually there's no point in whinging about it or moaning about it do something about it like start learning in your own time like what what do you find interesting? What do you want to do? Do you want to be a teacher? Do you want to open up your own business? Do you want to do something like start to learn, find out, read books. You don't have to suddenly give it all up. You can make baby steps towards it, really tiny baby steps. But that's that sometimes can be enough to make you get on OK with your job, knowing that you've got something else coming. And really ask yourself, like, is it worth my life to be miserable all the time? No, it's not. We only get one shot at this. We only get one shot at life. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Wow. Wow. So through your experiences, like, you know, like we said, like the trauma, the, you know, and burnout and being able to get to this point. What is the one thing you've learned about yourself or about life? It's to be, it's to be true to myself. Um, so my highest value is freedom. It always has been, but I just ignored it for a long time. <laughs> um, so I know that what I do needs to align with that value because otherwise I will just be miserable. And sadly, people in my family have died young. So my grandparents um, on my dad's side died when they were in their early 60s. My dad sadly passed away at the end of last year. He was 57. And wow. the idea of not seeing the things I want to see and not doing the things that I want to do before I die, that scares me. You know, I've seen patients. Um, like I had one patient in A&E once. He, he was 60-something, 60 63 or 64. He came in with a, with a medical problem and he had to have time out. And his wife said, oh, he hasn't had time out for over 50 years and and I couldn't help it but what I said was wow. that's nothing to be proud of and you think 50 years of not traveling seeing the world doing anything I know he's of a different generation but that frightens me the idea of not doing things before you die no I can't I can't live like that so for me highest 
value, definitely freedom. That's what I learned about myself. And it's about aligning my life to fit with that value. Wow. So beautifully said, Nikki. So beautifully said. And, um, you know, the thing is we're in a pandemic right now, right? And, you know, a lot of people have found themselves in situations they did not plan to be in. Many people have lost their jobs. Um, some people have found themselves in death. Debts that they had no, many of them did not even have debts before this time. I was listening of a late, of a, you know, dentist, for example, talk about having no debts and before the pandemic, and all of a sudden, start to take out, um, you know, loans to be able to um, keep going. Besides that, there are people who have struggled to even, will I say, to survive through this period and have money issues and, and all the rest. Mm-hmm. What is the one advice you will give these people now at this point as we all begin to navigate and bounce back? Yeah, it's, I think it, I've seen posts up that say things like, well, you should have had an emergency fund. Well, you should have had this in place. Oh, you know, you should have been doing this. I think that's a horrible way of looking at it. And actually, it's not about beating yourself up when things go wrong because, yes, the pandemic has affected people in various different ways. Some people are really badly affected by it and others, it's like a light scratch. It's fine. You just cope with the in, in, inconvenience. So I, what I've been encouraging my community to do is use this time as reflection. So it's time, you know, it's not about beating yourself up and saying, I should have had this in place. No, it's about, okay, I could have had that in place, but I didn't. Why didn't I have that in place? Now I can go and do it. Like, for example, I didn't, my will um, was about six years out of date at the start of the pandemic. And I was really, I, I couldn't believe that I'd left it that long. And I thought I had it done and it was sorted. And then when I looked, it was, oh, oh, wow, no, this has to change. It had my old details on it. My dad was still down as an executor, all these things. So I got the will sorted. I didn't beat myself up about it and say, oh my God, I'm ridiculous. I'm teaching people about money and look how bad my will is. No, I went, okay, it needs to be fixed. Fine, I will find someone to help me. And I found somebody to help me and got it done. And it was sorted. And then, you know, I now have it ready to go if touch wood, the worst happened. So it's about looking at what your situation is like. Like, do you need insurances? Do you need a savings account with an emergency fund in it? Do you know, what, what do you need now? So that if something was to happen again, maybe a second wave, maybe something happens in your family. Um, maybe you have to take time out of work cause you get sick or whatever. How can you protect yourself? And it's now starting to ask those questions. How can you protect yourself? How can you future proof your money so that you don't, don't have to be um, subjected to what's going on around you? Yeah. So it's like reflection time. What can you do to change and actually put the things in place and change them? Wow. So rather than beat yourself, take the lessons learned and apply them going forward. Yes, yes wow. exactly. Wow. That's so, that's. Yeah, wow. That's so powerful. And you know, it's so interesting you said that because I'm originally African, I'm originally Nigerian, and a will is not something we we think about that or we, like or we talk about even for such an an age. You know, when we a lot of us think about wills for when you are much, much older. So it's interesting that you were even thinking about that even you know, even now. Even people not from the Nigerian culture 
they don't like thinking about wills. You know, I've got plenty of friends that do not have a will in place yet. Um, and I think that is because we don't like talking about our own death. We don't like talking about these things because it feels like you're bringing it on. It's like tempting fate kind of thing. But actually, I think I've got the privilege of, of seeing people in situations in, say, hospital settings or GP where they've had these horrible diagnoses given to them really young, you know, 20s, 30s. And you think, actually, yeah, you do need a will, whatever age you are, because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't, we have no idea. And we don't want to think that it's all going to end tomorrow. But, but who have you got in your life you want to protect, right? So your partner, your children, you know, people you want to leave money to, charities you want to help. You can do that after you die but you have to write it down because if you don't write it down the government gets your money <laughs> so it's you know get it get it in place and then you know that when you die you're going to leave this amazing legacy around you you know you're going to help your kids you're going to help your partner you're going to help charities you're going to do all these things and you're going to leave your legacy so that's how that's what a will is it's about leaving your legacy behind wow so beautifully put and you know it's food for thought food for food for thought for me <laughs> and probably food for thought for so many there's so much more that i could ask but i you know i'm also conscious of 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 time um and i i i feel like we, we need to have a t- part two around this um nikki at some point. <laughs> if people want to reach out to you if people want to connect where do people go um, so like you, I'm kind of pretty much on all different platforms. Um, I guess my favorite place to hang out is my Facebook group. Um, and it's, you can literally just type in the female money doctor to get it, or it's also known as women working towards money freedom. So you could use either of those terms and you should be able to find it or just find me on Facebook and send me a message and say, can I come and join your group? And I'll send you a link. It's not a problem. So that's my favorite place. So that's probably the easiest place to find me. Nice, nice. And we'll include the links as well um, in the description as well. What Nikki, it has, like I said, I feel like we need to do a part two around this. <laughs> it's been so amazing. It's been so amazing um, having you and talking about this because I think, especially now with the whole pandemic, you know, there are money matters that need to be discussed. And um, I think this has been really, really valuable to speak about now. Guys, I hope you found this really helpful. Remember, 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 if you are not already subscribed to YouTube or the podcast, please do. If you're not already connected with me on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, please do all links in description. And Dr. Nikki's links as well are in description. Feel free to reach out. Guys, until next time, it's been amazing. Dr. Nikki, thank you so much. Take care, guys. You're welcome. Stay well and God bless.